fugitives, fees, Ferraris, and a BlackRock Ethereum ETF filing. Today's episode has everything. Good morning. You're listening to the Rise and Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph with me, Robert Baggs, steering you through the crypto cosmos with daily dispatches from the digital frontier. If you want to stay ahead of the curve in crypto, make sure you click that follow button. Okay, grab yourself a coffee. Let's get into it. Okay, let's do a quick rundown of what we are covering today. BlackRock's spot Bitcoin ETF filing now has some company in the form of an Ethereum ETF application. The Three Arrows Capital co-founder, Kyle Davies, on the run from Singaporean authorities, is spotted in Bali. Tether is set to drop half a billion dollars into a Bitcoin mining operation. Polygon gas fees spiked 1,000% during a mad rush to mint a new token. And Ferrari accepting crypto payments may be more important than you think. Okay, we have to start with BlackRock. BlackRock is a goliath in finance and the world's largest asset manager. At the moment, their name is on the lips of many in the crypto space because of their Bitcoin ETF application and the SEC will be deciding on it imminently. If accepted, which some ETF analysts believe is as likely as 90% probability, BlackRock will begin offering a spot Bitcoin ETF as one of its products. For the uninitiated, an ETF is an exchange-traded fund, a type of investment fund that tracks the performance of assets or a group of assets. For example, you might have a commodities ETF that tracks gold, oil and natural gas. It's a way of buying into something without having to buy that actual thing. So with a Bitcoin ETF, people can invest in Bitcoin without having to actually buy Bitcoin. As onboarding has been such a point of friction, this could be extremely valuable. During the last bull run, many financial institutions filed for crypto spot ETFs in the US, but the SEC rejected them for a number of reasons, including concerns over market manipulation, which we discussed a few days ago during the hoax Ripple ETF saga. Now, although that BlackRock Ripple ETF filing in Delaware was fake, a new ETF, the iShares Ethereum Trust by BlackRock shows a broader intent with crypto products. The trust has also named Coinbase as the custodian of the ETH. By early 2024, we will likely have the SEC's decision. And if the analysts are correct and the spot Bitcoin ETF is approved for BlackRock, we are going to see many more products in this vein. Overall, it's hard to see that as anything other than a win for crypto, even if buying Bitcoin you don't own or hold through a traditional financial institution probably isn't what Satoshi had in mind. The next story is something of a Cointelegraph exclusive. An anonymous source yesterday provided us with images that purportedly showed the Three Arrows Capital co-founder, Kyle Davies, in Kangu, Bali. Davies co-founded Three Arrows Capital with Suzu, and in 2022, the company hit rough financial seas. The doomed crypto hedge fund was a victim of the plummeting crypto prices, and its leveraged positions became unsustainable, leading to a liquidity crisis. From there, 3AC imploded and the co-founders were sought by Singaporean authorities to cooperate on the bankruptcy investigations. Suzu attempted to flee the country, but was arrested on the 29th of September this year and is now in prison. Davies, however, has been successfully evasive and has allegedly made his way to Bali, though his whereabouts have been unknown. The source who provided us with the images said, It is 100% him. From the shirt and glasses, I also saw him firsthand without the glasses. He then put the glasses on when he felt we recognised him and continued to put the glasses on until we left the place and took this from the cashier's point of view. I spoke to the author of this article, Gareth Jenkinson, about the latest update in this goose chase. 
This is a pretty compelling story that Cointelegraph managed to investigate off the back of images that we received from an eyewitness in Bali. Uh, these images closely resemble others that Davies himself has posted online in recent years. And we've also got information on background that Singaporean authorities know that Davies has been on the Indonesian island for some time. So our hope is that this report puts some pressure on local authorities to seek him out as bankruptcy proceedings in Singapore are dependent on those Bali authorities apprehending Carl Davies. He's been largely uncooperative with bankruptcy proceedings to date and uh, his cooperation could prove vital in clawing back some of the funds that were lost when Three Arrows Capital folded in 2022. Davies was originally also sought by the US authorities over contempt charges, but his lawyers filed evidence that his US citizenship had been renounced in 2021 after marrying a Singaporean national in December 2020. The 3AC disaster sent shockwaves across crypto and the co-founder's evasive behaviour adds an even more bitter taste to this black mark on crypto's tumultuous timeline. Right, what did I say to you on Tuesday, folks? The new Tether CEO, Paolo Ardoino, is becoming a crypto main character and he is back at it again on the Rise in Crypto podcast for the second time this week. Arduino has announced that the stablecoin firm is expanding into Bitcoin mining and is looking at spending half a billion dollars to do so. Derek Anderson wrote yesterday that in the next six months, Tether is constructing mining facilities in Uruguay, Paraguay and El Salvador, as well as investing in other miners. It's super bullish and super timely. Marathon Digital is planning to expand into Paraguay too. The Celsius successor company is expanding its mining operations and everybody's feeling good. But it's really not that simple. Mining difficulty is soaring, the halving is coming up, and the market goes in fairly big dramatic cycles. So there's plenty to watch here. The new sites will have a capacity of between 40 and 70 megawatts, but the aim is for the direct mining operations to hit 120 megawatts by the end of the year and 450 megawatts by the end of 2025. No, I don't know how much a megawatt is either. So I looked it up and one megawatt could power 1,000 homes if you go by the average amount of energy use per household in the US. So Tether's projected mining operation will eventually be using enough energy to power 450,000 homes. If that doesn't do anything for you, I have an even less useful example. 450 megawatts could run 300,000 fridges for about an hour. Arduino said to Bloomberg in an interview that mining for us is something that we have to learn and grow over time. We are not in a rush to become the biggest miner in the world. This is a curious story and for a few reasons. This month, Bitcoin miners took the annual highest daily rewards, $44 million in a day, which was also the highest since April 2022. As I discussed on Tuesday the 14th of November, this is a major relief for miners and as Derek said, the major mining organisation Marathon Digital Holdings showed how profound an improvement it is compared to last year. In quarter 3 2022 they were mining 6.7 bitcoins per day and in 2023 quarter 3 they are mining 37.9 bitcoin per day. The reason I say this is a curious decision for Tether is along the lines of what Derek said too which is the bitcoin halving event in April 2024. As the name of that event implies that will halve the revenue. Tether obviously knows this and clearly they see that half the returns as more than enough to incentivize more miners than an Alaskan gold rush. Okay, let's have a look at layer twos. Yesterday, we discussed the total locked value in layer twos hitting an all-time high. Now, part of the reason for this is the scalability of layer twos, which means significantly lower, if not almost non-existent, gas fees for transactions. 
One of the premier layer twos on Ethereum, Polygon, is a great example of this. But yesterday, Tom Mitchell Hill wrote up the news that the Polygon gas fees had spiked 1,000%. The first thing to note here is that although it went up 1,000%, that brings the fee to 10 cents per transaction, which given I once paid $100 in gas fees for the purchase of one NFT, uh, seems manageable. What's far more interesting here than those 10 cents is what caused the spike. Yesterday, Sandeep Nalwal, founder of Polygon, hopped on Twitter Sorry X to express his own surprise at the influx of activity. He tweeted, 6 million transactions in the last 24 hours, 170 TPS transactions per second on average, 1 million plus Matic, Polygon's token, burned by the protocol. The chain worked smoothly, gas fees went crazy though. So Tom narrowed down the cause to a new token being minted, and this token is called POLS, P-O-L-S. POLS is built on a protocol called PRC20, which operates in the same way as Bitcoin's Ordinals token standard, BRC20, itself inspired by, yes, ERC20 on Ethereum. I will include in the show notes a link to an explanation of the BRC20 token standard as I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But what you need to know is that unlike ERC20, BRC20 doesn't rely on smart contracts, but rather ordinal inscriptions. On Bitcoin, ordinal inscriptions can be made on individual satoshis and can contain code, images and text. The update to Bitcoin that allowed this caused a spike in interest in Bitcoin NFTs back in May this year, and that also spiked Bitcoin's fees too. Polygon fees are back down to earth now, but Polls might be a project worth watching given the incredible amount of hype it seemingly generated. And finally, let's look at Ferrari. Earlier this year, petrolheads were pleased to see that Ferrari is accepting crypto. Ferrari is one of the most premium brands in existence, pictures adorning childhood walls and purchases commemorating staggering success or inheritance. Earlier this year, the company raised a few eyebrows by accepting crypto in certain US showroom locations. That is, you could end your hodling hot streak with the purchase of a shiny new SF90 Stradale. If I could, I would. When Elon's Tesla first started accepting Bitcoin, it felt as if it was a momentous win for crypto, only for the payment option to be canned in 2021 over carbon concerns, allegedly. Though today, you can still spend Bitcoin with a few luxury brands such as Gucci by using the crypto payment firm BitPay, who are now also the payment provider for Ferrari. This sort of news isn't just window dressing, and according to Ben Weiss, CEO of CoinFlip, a Bitcoin ATM operator, Ferrari could be a seminal moment for brand adoption. Weiss said, It's not a matter of will big name companies follow Ferrari's footsteps, but when. Bitcoin is the best performing asset of the decade, proving it's here to stay and encouraging other big names like PayPal and BlackRock to embrace digital assets. A Ferrari representative told Helen Parts for this article that the analysis of data regarding the environmental impact associated with cryptocurrencies has been a fundamental part of our decision-making process to adopt cryptocurrencies, in line with our objective to become carbon neutral by 2030. Interestingly, they also said that the source of the cryptocurrencies will be proven and volatility risks associated with exchange rates will be eliminated. Dealers, and ultimately Ferrari, will receive payments in traditional currency and will not be managing cryptocurrencies directly. I have no idea why that sounded so sinister. Anyway, at present, there are 10 locations in the US where you can use BitPay to acquire your prancing horse fresh out of the showroom. Send me pictures if you do. Okay, that's it for today. That was a wild one. Consider yourself informed. 
Thank you for listening to the Rise and Crypto daily podcast by Cointelegraph. If you're enjoying these daily updates, please make sure you let us know by following, subscribing or leaving a review. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. Let's do this again on Monday.